Have you ever felt like the world is moving so fast that you can barely keep up? Or like each new technology, you keep feeling like you're more and more behind on what is current. Or maybe as your family grew up and moved away, you felt like, man, they don't have as much time for me. There's a sense of feeling left behind, or maybe even with friends, as friends got jobs and reached milestones and, and had successes, and it feels like maybe you don't hit the same ones in the same time frame that you had hoped to a sense begins to settle in a feeling like we're kind of left behind in this world and at some point in our lives whether that was in childhood or as we were growing up or maybe even today there are moments where it can feel like the world is moving so fast around us different people are here there and everywhere that we begin to feel like we are left behind and that is a sense of not belonging in the here and now and so for ourselves, when that happens, when that feeling begins to settle in or kind of nudge or kind of gnaw at us, how do we think about moving forward? So for today, we are going to the Gospel of John. We are going to be looking at a moment where Jesus is trying to prepare the disciples for him not to be present, for him to no longer be physically present. It's a chapter, uh, chapter 14, where the and then it'll be 18 and 19 where the crucifixion arrest all of that happens and so to realize that jesus is beginning to prepare his disciples and they're getting a little antsy about like what do you mean you're not going to be with us we don't understand because we want you here and after as the story progresses as we get the crucifixion as we get the resurrection and then after that the disciples are really struggling because they feel like they've been left behind and they don't know what to do, which way to go, what they're supposed to be saying or doing, and they've got to find a new way of living. And so today, we're going to look at this passage where Jesus is trying to prepare them so that maybe in the way that Jesus is teaching, we can find something about ourselves for ourselves of how when that feeling of being left behind starts to settle in what is the way forward how do we begin to act and react how do we say okay wait a minute my life it's ready for a turn let's go so starting in john 14 verses 15 through 20 if you love me you will keep my commandments i will ask the father and he will send another companion who will be with you forever this companion is the spirit of truth whom the world can't receive because it neither sees him nor recognizes him. You know him because he lives with you and will be with you. I won't leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live, you, because of I live, you will live too. On that day, you will know that I am in my father. You are in me and I am in you. All right. So here, Jesus is like trying to get them ready. He's trying to prepare them. And he's, he talks about, he shifts his language into this moment of companion. This, but 
the sense of this companion is going to go with you because I'm going to give you a commandment. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. It's important to know that in John 13, the very previous chapter, he gives the new commandment. And it says, I give you a new commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also should love one another. By this, everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another. So he's already given those commandments and he's, he's really set them on a path with his teachings of being welcoming, of being an encourager, a healer, of helping them navigate those moments where people need to be fed. He's someone who sees people in their pain and responds to them. And so they have been around him for all of these moments, the way he lives, the way he teaches others. And now he's like, okay, you know what I've done. And now a companion, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God is going to be present with you. Even though Jesus is no longer physically present, the Spirit the Holy Spirit is going to be present with them to help guide them, to help remind them, to help remind them of the teachings of Jesus. And also, how, does the, how do those teachings, those teachings of 2,000 years ago, how do they apply right here and now in our current context? And that's something really important when we're thinking about when we feel like we've been left behind and we're like, wait, how do we begin to go forward? How do we begin to find a new way? And it starts with this relationship. It's important to note, right? Jesus is talking about a relationship here. I won't leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live you will live too. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father, you are in me, and I am in you. A relationship. That we are in relationship with God. That we are in relationship with the life of Jesus. That we are in relationship with the Spirit of God guiding us. And so that begins to be the foundation of, well, how do we figure out a way forward when we feel like we're left behind? Because Jesus is like, I didn't leave you as orphans. I did not leave you. You are not alone. And sometimes we have to be reminded of that, right? Sometimes it's so easy to get caught up and feel isolated and to feel alone and to feel like we have to navigate everything by ourselves. We have to pull ourselves up by the bootstraps. But here, Jesus is reminding them that even though he's not physically present, that the Spirit of God is going to be with them in relationship. And that this relationship begins to be the foundation of figuring out a way forward in life. Begins to figure out, wait a minute, okay, so if these are the teachings of Jesus, if Jesus commanded us to love one another, if Jesus is all about healing, if Jesus is all about feeding people, what does that begin to look like in my current context, no matter the situation I find myself facing? So a relationship that helps us question our response to the world around us. Our response when we begin to feel certain things in life. Continuing on in verses 21 through 24. Whoever ha has my commandments and keeps them loves me. Whoever loves me will be loved by my Father and I will love them and reveal myself to them. Judas, not Judas Iscariot, asked, 
Lord, why are you about to reveal yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered, whoever loves me will keep my word. My father will love them and, he, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever doesn't love me doesn't keep my words. The word that you hear isn't mine. It's the word of the father who sent me. So right here, we're already getting a sense of what does that relationship begin to do? Whoever my, has my commandments and keeps them loves me. But this part, whoever loves me will be loved by my father and I will love them and reveal myself to them. Okay, so that, that line right there, this part is going to inspire a later writing, which is 1 John, 1 John 4. And it says, you could go back, you could go to 1 John 4, 7 through 21, totally inspired by this passage of love in John. But just a little bit of that. Dear friends, let's love each other because love is from God. And everyone who knows love, who, everyone who loves is born from God and knows God. The person who doesn't love doesn't know God because God is love. So right there, all connected in relationship to love. And that there is inspiration here for how we are living and being that when we find ourselves feeling left behind, that we have to begin to question, okay, well then how do I love into this situation? How do I love into these relationships? How do I love in a way that may be different? How do I begin to go forward in love? And sometimes that can be a little difficult to answer, as, you know, because love in context, love in context can be so difficult, but it's important here to know that we aren't alone in that, right? We are in relationship with God. And so God is guiding us if we're willing to listen and to pay attention. It's also about what are we allowing ourselves to be inspired by? What is inspiring us to love one another? What is inspiring us in our response to a feeling of being left behind. Who are we surrounding ourselves with? What are we reading? What are we watching? What are we listening to? What inspires us that is of God? Because it's not just a thought process, but instead an inspiring moment to action. Love is action. And so how we are living, acting, and responding to the world around us. Continuing on in verses 25 through 26. I have spoken these things to you while I am with you. The companion, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I told you. All right, so this is a moment where it's a reflection of the past. So a, a time to reflect upon the past of what those teachings of Jesus are, right? As we went through them just a little bit ago, thinking about where he feeds 5,000, where he heals the woman, where he actually steps in and encourages a woman where everybody else is ready to stone her, where he's like, hold up on your judgments, folks, right? The way that he lived is so important for us to read about and to try to understand, we look to the past so that we can begin to go into the future. 
because this companion, this spirit of truth, this sense of a way forward of how we are living. And there's been all kinds of ways the Holy Spirit has been described, comforter, helper, advocate, wisdom. So the Spirit of God not only reminds us of the past, but gives us a way forward into the future of using what was in the past to propel us forward in ways that maybe we never even expected, maybe even into possibilities that we hadn't seen before until we were ready to listen and pay close attention, until we were ready to kind of study and dig in, until we were ready to be inspired by people that we never thought possible before and so here it's like another step it's like Jesus has given us like these little steps of okay this is a big deal I don't want you to feel like you're left behind but here are some ways here are some things that you can do that begin to help you forward move forward in life the companion the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I told you. That we begin to understand not only the teachings of Jesus 2,000 years ago, but how those things apply in the here and the now in the moment. What does it look like for us to encourage one another, whether we are at work or at home? What does it begin to look like to be a helper in our community? What does it begin to look like to say, wait a minute, I think I need to strengthen, I, I need to feed others in the context we find ourselves. So it's really about digging into new ways of living and being. And the disciples are going to have to deal with this. The disciples are going to have to, after Jesus is gone, after he's no longer physically present with them, they're going to have to reflect on his teachings and go, wait a minute, so how do I do that wherever I find myself, whether I'm walking a road to a new city or I'm in a town that is like crazy, like they hate me, they want nothing to do with me. What does love begin to look like in the most challenging of situations and in the everyday mundane things? Continuing on in verses 27 through 29. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I give to you not as the world gives. Don't be troubled or afraid. You have heard me tell you I'm going away and returning to you. If you love me, you would be happy that I'm going to the Father because the Father is greater than me. I have told you before it happens so that when it happens, you will believe. The peace of Jesus isn't an easy button. Right, that's, that's actually more of what the world gives. The world is really trying to sell you on, no, no, peace means that your life is absolutely perfect. It's exactly the way that you've always wanted it. You're in complete comfort and you never have to deal with anything challenging ever, ever again. That's as the world tries to give you peace, which you know, right? You know that that at some point is gonna crumble and fall apart. So here, Jesus is like, the peace I give you not as the world gives. I give it to you, don't be troubled and afraid. The peace that Jesus is giving us is a way forward. Is a way forward that we are not alone. 
in whatever we are facing. Don't be troubled, don't be afraid that you are left alone to your own devices, but instead that God continues on with us. The Spirit of God is encouraging us and strengthening us and showing us different ways of living and being as we reflect upon the teachings of Jesus, that the peace comes. The peace comes in knowing that there is a way, that there is a new way of living and being, of getting through situations that at other times may have just annihilated or leveled us. But instead, Jesus keeps calling to us in the situations we find ourselves in, the difficulties we face, and say, that is not the, the end-all, be-all. Your pain does not have to define you. Your grief is not all that there is to you. We have purpose. We have grace. We have forgiveness. We have the things that we need because God keeps giving them, keeps encouraging, keeps showing us, keeps being present with us in ways that maybe we hadn't thought about, considered, or even expected. And so to think about that as a response, that the way God responds to us gives us the ability to respond to the challenges and the pain of this world in ways that are connected to Christ, that are connected to healing, that are connected to encouragement, that are connected to forgiveness, that are connected to lifting people up instead of tearing them down, is connected to hope instead of despair. And so our response, right? Relationship, being inspired, taking the time to reflect. And now, how are we responding? That when we feel like that we are getting left behind, what needs to be our response? Instead of only just crying out, I don't like this. But instead, how shall we respond in our word and our actions that are guided by God, that are maybe on a new path, that are in ways that we never expected? Finishing up in verses 30 through 31. I won't say much more to you because this world's ruler is coming. He has nothing on me. Rather, he comes so that the world will know that I love the Father and do just as the Father has commanded me. Get up, we're leaving this place. All right, so this first part, I won't say much more to you because this world's ruler is coming. So Jesus is talking about evil here. And what we have to know about evil is evil happens when we idolize something. When, and idolizing something means that we are so in and so focused, and that is the end-all, be-all thing, that it begins to rule and consume our lives in such a way that we are willing to destroy other things and other people to hold on to it. So things that become idolized, power, money, and we can think, oh yeah, no, we can, we can start to easily list those. Material things, but here's the thing. We also begin to idolize sometimes fame or other people, ourselves. That's the whole vanity thing, right? We begin to idolize 
and hold on to particular beliefs like nothing will ever change and we hold on to it so tightly that we are able to create havoc within a community, even churches. Churches can even idolize their buildings to the point that it destroys the church or the community. Anything can become an idol when we hold on to it so tight that we are willing to destroy other people to keep it. And so here, Jesus is recognizing that this evil does exist in the world. That there are these pain, there are these things that are of awful pain and that people do awful things to one another because they allow this evil, this idolization to grow. But here he's making a really important statement. He has nothing on me. This evil, this, it has nothing on Jesus. Like Jesus is like, I am not gonna be sidetracked by the pain of this world, by people idolizing things, by people moving in this direction if it's not about love, if it's not about building up, if it's not about encouraging. And so here Jesus is plainly stating that he is focused on embodying love, that he is focused on his mission, on his service, on his help of others, that he is going to stay focused and on task. And so for us to be encouraged by that, that Jesus is not going to get sidetracked by all those other things, right? Because we idolize sports, we idolize abilities, we idolize children, we idolize all kinds of things in life that can result in people's lives being destroyed. Pain being created and here Jesus is like but I am staying focused and that has no bearing upon me and to take note of that of to take note of the difference of the way that Jesus is living and being in the world that he isn't going to get caught up in the things that we so often can allow ourselves to be caught in that really are destructive to our lives, that help us not go any way forward, that actually keeps us and holds us down. And so here Jesus is saying, nope, I'm focused on love. I am focused on God with us. I am focused on you all knowing that healing presence of God. But then something really important he says here at the very end, and maybe when you heard the two sentences, you were like, well, that was kind of abrupt. Get up. We're leaving this place. So here is the response, right? So we're talking about the response. What is the response? Not allowing ourselves to get distracted, sidetracked by the things that really aren't going to be helpful that we shouldn't get sidetracked by staying in our comfort because it's unhealthy. But here, Jesus is like, get up, we're leaving this place. We've got new possibilities, new places to go, new communities, new relationships to cultivate. That if we feel like we are being left behind, then we have to understand how we are being inspired, how we are reflecting, how we are responding, and how we are moving in new directions to cultivate new relationships, 
to be part of new communities, to set ourselves on new paths to engage in, wait a minute, how can I respond differently to the world around me? What actions do, should I be doing? What actions do I say no more to? Here, Jesus is like, get up, we're going somewhere else. And so for ourselves, when we feel like we're being left behind, how should we be listening for God's spirit? How should we be guided in new ways? How can we give space to, wait a minute, where is God leading me now? That, okay, maybe in this situation, I felt like I was left behind, but what do I need to be doing understanding differently to move forward? Even if it's technology, right? Even if you feel like the technology is moving and you're feeling left behind by it, I'm saying, what do I need to learn so that I can use technology to love, to encourage, to inspire others instead of making it, letting it make me feel like I'm being left behind? What new relationship should you be cultivating if you feel like you're being left behind by your friends? What new communities out there should you be a part of? So here is that question, right? That challenge. Not only is Jesus trying to lift them and assure them in that very beginning of relationship and inspiring, but now living into that reflection and response and new possibilities. And so how will we allow this story to inspire us today? How will we allow it to encourage us in the way that we maybe can belong in new ways? in our lives, with new people, with new communities? How might we understand this passage to challenge us and to comfort us today? Amen.